you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. You can work from the road while turning your vehicle into a powerful high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On a network that covers more roads than any other carrier. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls. Finish up that presentation or answer last-minute emails. Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to see if you're eligible for a free trial today. Based on independent third-party data, always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the League podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined, as always, by the great Mark Sessler and also the great Greg Rosenthal. What is happening, boys? Busy weekend for you two. I was mostly off, but Sessler on Saturday posting all day. 15 posts, personal record there. Mark was very proud. Well, it's, you know, it was it was uh, brisk, I'll, I will give you that. Um, and I wasn't expecting because I think a lot of the news that came in was essentially unplanned. And it's like Dan was on Sunday and I texted, I was like, I'm sure it's busy for you, correct? And it was for a stretch, but it's right. like, I think what happened on Saturday was we got hit with a string of injuries, and not just low-level ones, but like big names. Yeah, I mean, you had Dennis Pitta out for the year, busted hip. Jeremy Macklin blew out his knee. That's a major issue for the Eagles, and we're going to talk about both those things. Also coming up today, we have uh, Rex Ryan uh an issue with the quarterback, whether he has ultimate say, and also the quarterback battle for the Jets and some other quarterback battles um, all up ahead. And we have some iTunes update possibly right now, Greg? We we hope to be on iTunes, but this is kind of a, a recurring thing. The producers <laughs> promise us we're going to be there. Right now we might just be podcasting you know, into nowhere, but hopefully later today everyone that is finding the podcast will be able to subscribe, and, and if not, we'll just look like idiots it's, again. Yeah, it's gone from on Twitter getting tweets, like positive tweets, like, hey, guys, haven't been able to find the podcast. When's it going to be on iTunes, too? Somebody today tweeted to Mark and I, I don't believe you guys have a podcast. <laughs> but it, it exists. It's happening right now in real time, and hopefully – by this week, it will be on iTunes, maybe even by Monday. But uh, Rich Eisen's podcast, I just saw an email land that there's, he has now 10 million downloads. Uh, we do not have one yet, but yeah. I want to I throw it out there. When we do get on iTunes, uh, we will have a special reward for whoever is our first downloader. Um, I'm thinking it's going to be uh, currently the 2007 
Tennessee Titans media guide that's being used to hold up my computer computer monitor. And also there's a Houston Texans uh, Mylar balloon, non-inflated, that has not been claimed in a giveaway in the newsroom. I also mail that out. What do you guys think about that as uh, Well, you've just motivated our our base group of listeners, no question. I mean, it doesn't sound like that great of a prize, but people forget 2007, big year in Tennessee. A lot going on there and back you got, then. You got I mean, Vince you got Young ha- you got on the Albert cover. Hainsworth. It, there's a lot of excitement. <laughs> and plus a mystery personality from NFL Network will be signing this media guide, correct? Yeah, I think we'll all sign it. I think we'll all sign it and then maybe even con- like put a some type of inspirational message in, inside. Okay. It's really exciting. But we should we should get going because Black Tie Behind the Glass is used to having to push forward with Damashek on a show. Uh, he's having to do that with us now. So we should get going into the actual content. And let's start. Greg, why don't you get us started with the fallout of Jeremy Macklin suffering a torn ACL in Eagles practice on Saturday. It's crazy. You know, We can go weeks of the NFL season where there aren't big end-of-season injuries that change playoff contenders. And, and we said it on Saturday, Mark, two big-time players for potentially good teams are now out for the season. Macklin, to me, is the lesser injury of the two compared to Pitta because I think they're so deep, not just at wide receiver, but especially at tight end. At practice on Monday, we heard reports, three tight ends on the field at the same time. Hmm. Selleck, the rookie Ertz. James Casey, they're very deep at running back. Macklin is such a big figure of that passing game, but it's a new passing game, and I do think they can survive without him. But, you know, it's a big, big loss for him, especially heading into a contract year. Yeah, and, I mean, Greg wrote a nice piece uh, Saturday night about this that framed it that way, but also just that we don't know what we're going to get from Chip Kelly, and it certainly, though, isn't a line-up two wide receivers and throw to them all day long kind of offense. He... I think from the start was Macklin Plitt was going to play a big role in this offense, but Casey especially seems to be this X factor that may just get more targets, more snaps at this point, more looks than he would have. But also that running game is going to use a combination. That's a deep backfield. I know Greg's a big fan of the Eagles' backfield, number one, but it's like they're going to, Kelly's going to find a way, and he has enough time to get around this loss. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubting. It's a big loss because what Macklin brought to that team, his skill set was perfect for what Kelly does. But the one thing you also hear about Chip Kelly, and it's very interesting to see how this all plays out at this level, but he was known as a guy that could take recruits that maybe weren't guys that were thought as big time guys at Oregon and then Oregon and then turn them into uh, productive players in his offense. So we'll see if he can do that with some of these lesser guys. Do I think Riley Cooper has a 1300 yard season in him? I don't know, but now he's going to have an opportunity to step up. Cooper did start a few games. Uh, I think it was in 2011. It was. Started three games. Played very well in those games. He's pretty talented. Damaris Johnson, I think, is can be more than a returner. Uh, I'm just curious what Deshaun Jackson does with this opportunity. Because I looked at Macklin versus Jackson as, okay, both of those guys are here this year. Let's see how they fit with Kelly. One of them is back next year. Jackson's salary goes way up. Macklin is a free agent that they were probably fighting to maybe stay because you can't pay that much money at wide receiver. Now Jackson has a chance really to be that top sort of guy. He hasn't shown that he can really do that at the NFL level in terms of being a dominant number one guy, and this is a good chance to. Yeah, you'd have to say that Jackson was potentially on the bubble to not make the roster a year from now, but Macklin, the timing for him is really rough, I think. 
unless the Eagles say we still feel like he was he's been so consistent in each of his four seasons that they might have confidence that if we keep him on we're going to get the same thing when he comes back. But you know he's in a contract year. That's that's not a good time to get injured the way the way he has. He's 25 years old though, and he could sign a short term deal and then be back out on the free agent market. He's pretty young. I think he'll be fine. So while while we have confidence that the Eagles will be able to get through this, things are a little trickier. For the Ravens with Dennis Pitta, dun, dun, dun. yeah, I mean you have you have a situation there where Anquan Bolden they get rid of for salary cap reasons, and but they still had Pitta as the guy. Okay, not only did this guy develop chemistry near the end of last season or really all season, uh, now we see him making that type of leap to becoming a star tight end in this league. Now he's gone. Who knows how long he's gone? What do the Ravens do? Top one hundred player in the NFL, Dennis hey, Pitta cracked it. Cracked the top one hundred. Right? At number one. And that obnoxious yeah. Terrell Suggs sound bit that we had to hear where he's like, the white receiver is always there when you need him. And I was like, what are you even talking about? Uh, <laughs> I'd like to say RIP to Dan's Terrell Suggs impression. That will never <laughs> be on the show ever, ever again. Uh, look, Chris Wesseling, our guy who we're going to call up in a little bit, he's downstairs right now, chained to his desk, uh, feverishly writing posts. He said all offseason he expects Pitta to lead the team in targets maybe lead the team in receiving yards. And I, I think that was a pretty strong prediction because you look at him and Torrey Smith as the two guys, and it's a big, big drop-off after that at wide receiver or tight end, and now now you're losing that guy in Pitta. Well, and it's Torrey Smith is not a guy you're going to throw the ball to play after play. He's a, he's going to kill you deep, but you need a guy like Pitta to set that up. And he and Flacco, obviously, A, they're best friends. I'm not sure what that means on the field, except that what they have done on the field is probably show better chemistry than anyone else with Flacco outside of Anquan Bolden in that that postseason run. I like, they're, they're fantastic. I like the report also that uh, Joe Flacco was walking around despondent at Ravens camp like uh, Charlie Brown with that, the piano music behind <laughs> right, him. Right, that, that was an interesting Disconsolate. detail. Yeah. I mean, Flacco, to me, might be the most interesting part of this whole story because he's getting paid like a top-five quarterback and, you know, look, Ron Jaworski, who knows a lot more than us about quarterbacks, he put him in his top five. It's the type of season that you expect out of a top five quarterback to improve guys like Jacoby Jones and Deontay Thompson and Ed Dixon and lift those guys up into being great players. And they haven't been. And I don't think Flacco's ever done that. I don't think Flacco's ever gone from game one to game 16 and been that top tier type of receiver. There's too many peaks and valleys that we see with him. They made the playoffs last year, but you know they easily could not have, and then we would be having a very different conversation. So I want to see if Flacco can be better this year than he was last year when he wins the Super Bowl MVP. And one thing, you know, and Ozzie Newsom said over the weekend that, I think it was to King, we just don't know exactly what our offense is going to look like right now. I, I, don't, I don't rule out, number one, a trade for someone recognizable. But secondly, you know, that team only ran two tight end set like 15% of the time last year, they ran two, two running backs like 45-50. So wow. it's like they're just – but what, what, what I liked about the Ravens last year was they got into their, that three-wide receiver, more aggressive passing game, and they're going to have to almost revert back to 
that run, real, real run-heavy attack that we saw when I don't think the Ravens were quite as, you know, as, as damaging on defense. And I will just say, uh, you know, for proper sourcing, because we do that around here, you credited Peter King, but it was actually SI.com's Don Banks who spoke with Ozzie Newsom. Wow. Thank you for I correcting me. I thought you were going to point out that Mark's clearly been reading his Football Outsiders Well, no, and I because I, I tweeted that today, and it is from Football Outsiders, <laughs> but it's, Breaking but out it's the interesting. Two, the two well, backfield stats, Here's I love why, it. because everyone says, oh, they were just going to, they're crushed because they were going to run two tight ends the entire time, but they didn't do that almost at all last year. No, they're crushed because their second best receiver on the team right now is Jacoby Jones. Right. I mean, that's not an NFL high-quality passing attack, and so I, I think it's going to be very difficult uh, for them. They're going to have to rely on Ray Rice and Bernard Pierce more than ever, and you know, those are two backs that you can rely on. Does Brandon Lloyd's phone finally ring? This would be the perfect spot for it. I mean, to me... They, they have a history of bringing in veterans, sometimes guys that haven't been, you know, perfect soldiers elsewhere. Bryant McKinney is a perfect example, late in the mix and adding them to a good team. It just seems wide receivers have a, a shorter rope with this kind of stuff when it, terms, when it comes to reputation. I mean, this guy should have a job, Brandon Lord. He could still play. I know he has the still not sure what it means locker room uh, locker room lawyer type uh, uh, reputation. I don't but, know what that means. Yeah. Someone please tweet at us the best definition of what locker room <laughs> lawyer means. And you can have the 2010 Marvin Lewis Cincinnati Bengals. Oh, no, it's not 2010. It's 2003. Marvin Lewis weighs about 50 pounds less. He look, It's like his high <laughs> school yearbook 30, photo. 35 years old. The Cincinnati Bengals <clears throat> make you look a lot older. So please let us know. Um, elsewhere in the NFL, we, you know, Rex Ryan – John Idza came during your shift from hell, hell on Saturday, Mark. Yes. He, he stated what? He, what did Idza say? Well, it was, it, 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 the, the reason it was news is because, you know, Manish Mehta, who's followed that team very closely, tweeted that, you know, Ryan has basically said definitively over and over, I will have the final say on the quarterback situation, which isn't that unusual in, in the, the NFL. Right. In the, in the past, he said that. He's, been, he's gone on the record. But when they add, asked Idzik, well, hold on. What, what's your role in this? And he basically said, I'm going to have a pretty big role in deciding who plays week one, how this whole thing shakes out. And, you know, why don't you go to where well, that happens you know, Sunday? And then, of course, Rex then is asked about that the next day on Sunday. And Rex, the old Rex would have been defiant and would have said, this is my team. This is my choice. This Rex is the company man that's fearing for his life and his job. Well, not his life. We hope not his life, but his job. And he's saying, well, it's always been that way. And even last year, for instance, when he benched Sanchez in favor of uh, McElroy, he said that uh, that was really a group decision. I said it was my decision because I didn't want you know anybody else need to be asked about it. Just ask me. And it all seemed very, it seemed very soft. And it's it's really the new Rex Ryan now, where gone is the bluster. Now you have this almost like a limping dog that just needs mercy <laughs> at this point. It's it's kind of sad to watch. Dan Dan is sad about it. Did you think this, Mark? Do you think this storyline was was overplayed? Yeah, I do, because, well, here's where I think it's different with the Jets, because you take a guy like Ryan, who I think had incredible power, and he wasn't using Tannenbaum to make on-field decisions, and his power's been reduced. And a lot of other teams, though, with lesser influential, less strong head coaches, I think a committee approach with a strong GM might play, but yeah, I to think it's been overblown. To decide the starting quarterback? No, I think that I think that in general, like I said before, though, I mean, you're, you're a guy like Ryan did have that power, and it's been taken away from him. See, I don't think this is a media story, and I know there's a history between Manish and some of the New York uh, media, along with Rex Ryan, 
and that you know they're going to play up every little angle. But he's the head coach of the team. Who? What else is he doing if he's not deciding who the, the starting quarterback is? What is this? Is this Moneyball, where the GM and the front office has say? I mean, you, you really think Bill Belichick or a number of head? You think Mike Tomlin's going to say that Kevin Colbert has a say in who's the starting quarterback? No way. Well, when you have when you have a really strong head coach like Rex, that's why I think it is a story. It wouldn't be like in Cleveland, for instance. As a Browns fan, I know that Chud will not make that decision alone. But that's because he's a first-year head coach, and he's got a lot of other powerful people in the room. With Ryan, it's an issue. And again, this all goes back to, and Greg and I were speaking about it downstairs in the newsroom this morning, the Jets not going all in on this rebuild. It's kind of They went kind of halfway on it. So you have situations like this where the new GM and the old coach are clashing on some level, or there has to be this discussion about who's really in charge, whereas... If Idzik had his own guy in here that he trusted and believed in, you would get a, you have an idea that it would probably be the coach saying it's my call and then Idzik backing him on that. But that's not how it is with the Jets because they have this disjointed nature up top. Of course the Jets and Rex are discussing everything. I mean, that that's what you do. But there shouldn't be any confusion over who, whose decision it is. And I do think that's significant, and it does show a change uh, in New York. Well, in fairness, it's not confusion, though. I mean— the, Rex is saying that it's always been this way, but the, the question is, is that really true? And you get the feeling that this is a little bit Rex rewriting history to try to save some face. What? Why is Antonio Holmes still on this team? Why is Mark Sanchez still on this team? And well, why, why did is they Rex sign- Ryan still the coach? This is All these guys feel like they're left over from a rebuild that started, but it won't finish until next year. And, and I want to know, and I, I, who won the arm wrestling match to bring Braylon Edwards in here? That does not seem like an <laughs> idzik move to me. There were definitely, in my opinion, better options than Braylon Edwards, but that's a Rex Ryan guy. So it's like there was some, you know, he gave Rex some sort of say there on, on right. some level, right? You get the middling um, over-the-hill wide receiver, and I'll choose the quarterback. Sounds like a nice deal for Isn't Rex. Isn't the best thing for the Jets for one of these quarterbacks to completely break away from the other as soon as possible so this topic goes away where it's very clear who the starter should be? Yeah, I mean, the whole question is you want to move on with the next era, and that's Geno Smith, but you also don't want to set him back by forcing him into the lineup early. But, you know, it's it, there's no weapons on this offense, so to me it doesn't make sense to force Geno in. But I, you start to see, you're starting already to see some signs that – uh, both comments by Rex and some some people in the locker room, how much they like Geno Smith. It, I got a feeling that Geno's going to be the quarterback week one. You do feel a change in the air, even from about four or five days of practices, about Geno Smith. Uh, the reporters, the coaches, the players all seem more positive. He hasn't thrown an interception. It's too early to say anything. But to me, Geno Smith was always going to be the week one starter as long as he's not incompetent in the offseason. And so if he can be okay and it's close to a tie, I think they go with Gino. Because I think with Sanchez, and, and it's easy to go to town on Sanchez, but you're not going to suddenly see a quarterback that blossoms into a top 10 guy. He's gonna, he is who he is to some degree, and the offense hasn't changed. He's in a new offense, if anything, so he's going to have to catch up to that to some degree. They know what they have in Sanchez. They kind of, what's, what's, the, what's the wrong in throwing Geno Smith out there in seeing if this guy maybe has something special. This is a team that the preseason, I think, is going to matter a, a lot. lot. That's and, a very and good so point. So we're getting some early good signs on Geno. Uh, we've been talking quarterback battles on the site uh, all day. It's it's very early, but any impressions from – there's really about five teams out there uh, that are battling a quarterback, that the position's pretty open. Any early impressions on the battle so far? 
Well, I think, you know, I, I covered over the weekend the Raiders situation, which I think is probably maybe the least sexy of the group, just because we have no hope for the Raiders to make a difference in the AFC West. But for me, that feels like that's Flynn's job, basically, as always, to lose. And last year, he went out and he lost it. So if, if he can hold off Tyler Wilson, I don't see Terrell Pryor as a factor in that one. Wilson had a lot of buzz uh, through minicamp and OTAs, but yeah. that seems to be calming a little bit now. Remind us next year not to do – it's just so hard because we, we're writing all day, but yeah. just, man, minicamps and OTAs don't matter. They really don't. No, it doesn't. It doesn't seem that. Are way. you suggesting maybe we just take a couple months off in the middle of this late spring? <laughs> that maybe would, that wouldn't be that bad. We could do that. That's one of the greatest ideas anyone's one ever had. <laughs> uh, uh, other quarterback battle. I mean, we haven't learned a lot early. I think Cobb and Vic is still fifty-fifty. Manuel, you know, the Bills started their camp a little late. I think. Um, sorry, not Cobb and Vic. I said uh, Nick Foles and Vic in Philadelphia looks even. I don't think there's anything to learn other than in Jacksonville. It's really 50-50. They are giving Chad Henney a chance. Blaine Gabbert has an ankle injury, so that could give Henney a better chance to win the job quickly. All right, guys. So let's. we got Chris Wessling downstairs. He he got back from vacation today. He's probably in a rough spot mentally. But, you know, we should call <laughs> down and check in with him and see what he's working on right now. Chris, are you there? I am. Wessling, one floor down. What's going yes, on? Sir. I am reinvigorated after my Kerouac-esque exploits <laughs> throughout the Midwest and the South for the past two weeks. And not too angry that you're downstairs right now while we're just goofing off up, upstairs here. What are you working on right now? I have the Arizona Cardinals, uh, Carson Palmer running a few option plays in practice, and Patrick Peterson seeing, times on, seeing time on offense. What but, is this Carson Palmer situation? Is he actually running the read option in earnest? No, it sounds like they just want to get him out there as a way to get the running backs the ball, but he's never a threat to run. Oh, we I knew that. So is that really an option? <laughs> What's the option? I don't think there is an option. How is a defender going <laughs> to have to respect his running ability? And what's up with Patrick Peterson? Where, where are they using him? He's been at wide receiver and running back. He had one deep route uh, and then a few a pitch uh, at running back, but I don't know that we'll see him getting the ball once a game or anything like that. This might have to become a regular segment. You know, what is Wes or whoever's stuck downstairs doing while we're right. having fun? And Wes, the upside for you, you could just take the sound file, put it right below the headline, and move on to your next piece. Sweet. Well, I mean, Wes, you're a huge <laughs> Cincinnati Bengals fan, so you've obviously watched Palmer uh, a lot over the years. What 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 are your hopes for him down there? <laughs> uh, I see him as possibly the least mobile quarterback in the NFL, so I would I would – just for amusement purposes, I would love to see him running the option. Yeah, it's one of those trends that's like every team now is – well, not every team, but most teams are involving some sort of option. And to a fault. It's like kind of like the Wildcat where there's just – there were too many teams that were just kind of half-assing it and just throwing a few plays out there each game just to do it, and it's not going to really make sense unless you commit to it. This seems like a turnover waiting to happen. Wes, where were you exactly <laughs> one week ago today? I was I was in a uh, tidal back creek off of Tybee Island uh, having <laughs> just having a blast. Are you uh, satisfied to be back in Los Angeles? We were a little concerned you may never return. 
I am satisfied that I am still alive and kicking after last week. I looked I looked up at one point this morning, and you could see Chris's mind just drifting away, and he was thinking about that <laughs> lagoon and yes. sitting on the big tube with the girl of his dreams. Floating down <laughs> down the river with and now a you're beer here. in his hand. Now you were in traffic this morning to get to the NFL newsroom. Uh, Wes, thank you very much for uh, answering the phone, and we will see you very soon. My pleasure, guys. Okay, so... Moving forward, I got I got to ask. You know, we have maybe a new recurring segment here. Uh, the name is a work in work in progress. I thought Sessler had a pretty good name for it today. The Metrics Mindbender. Metrics Mindbender. Bender, Bender. Which is uh, still need sound effects. Apparently, which is basically every story as you might expect uh, for the mega corporation. There it oh, is. There See, go. that's not bad. On the fly. Tie. On the fly. I guess I'll, I won't just chime in with my own one next time. No, that's, I like that's the Wilk tie, the difference in quality you see between Wilk tie and black tie. So thank you very much, TD. Um, yeah, but basically we track every story and how stories do, and it determines how things get played up on the site. And with ATL, we, we come up with so much content. But sometimes stories that you would never think would be huge are huge. Greg, who has a massive monitor in front of him <laughs> every day, stares at it for numbers. Uh, Greg, what is the metrics mindbender for Monday? It would have to be Terrell Pryor of the Raiders saying that he never knew how to throw until this offseason, until someone you know on the new staff taught him how to throw. See, I would argue, and we just, just it's like it it doesn't surprise me that cl- people are clicking into that particular. Narrative. Why is that? Because a, a pro quarterback who's entering, you know, years <laughs> into his career, not that he's been used heavily, saying, you know, listen, much like the three of us, I don't really know how to throw a football up until now. I will say this. This this smacks to me of classic early training camp it story. It does, absolutely. So when Terrell Pryor has a passer rating of 14 through the preseason, we're like, oh, I thought you knew how to throw now. What happened Well, it's kind that? of like, ignore, <laughs> please excuse everything you've seen. I'm a I'm a new guy, and as always, I'm compete, competing for the number one spot, and now I can gun this thing. Right. I like the idea of um, if you watch tape from prior and nobody ever noticed that maybe like throws like a girl left-handed or something. You're like, <laughs> oh, how do we not even notice this? And now he throws a rifle. Uh, People we'll do love some Terrell Pryor. In general, people are just interested in him. Intriguing I, I found, uh And this is probably his last, I don't know how many chances he's ever going to get to start in the NFL, but this this is a decent one. I kind of get doubt he'll ever get the chance, though. Well, um, that should do it for another episode of the Around the League Debate Club, shouldn't it? I think let's uh, let's wrap it up. Yeah, yeah, let's go. We and we'll let you know. We're going to keep you informed on the iTunes front. Greg, as our fearless leader, it's really on him. So the pressure's on Greg to reach out <laughs> to the the proper people, the back channels. Well, will tie. It's up to him. Mia. But uh, when we get on there, you'll be the first to know. And if you're the first subscriber, you're going to have a lot of you know, subpar gifts coming your way. Until Wednesday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? 
Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.